Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coaches, today before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, CoachPad. Uh, no matter if you draw scout cards by hand or use a program on your computer, CoachPad will give you back time by never stuffing a binder again before heading out to practice. First 13 Point three inch electronic device allowing coaches to clearly display scout cards outdoors in the sun has been a game changer for programs this past fall and those currently playing all across the country. This new technology allows coaches to coach and not the monotonous task of stuffing and dealing with binders on the practice field. Check out the Coach Pad and Coach Pad Mini on thecoachpad.com. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, our affiliates. And here is another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Um, today's a little bit of a weird slash surreal experience. Um, I have my high school football coach here. Uh, he is currently one of the assistant football coaches at the New Albany High School, um, a powerhouse here in Central Ohio. Um, coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Um, coach, coach Scott Elwer had, uh, for some, well, suffered through coaching me in high school and um, is now ha, ha, has done a fantastic job helping build, maintain at the New Albany program. Um, but coach, I mean, how, let's, let's go let's first for people who don't know you, kind of your background um, and how you end up at New Albany. Well, I'm originally from Delphus, Ohio, played at Delphus St. John's. Uh, from there, went to Hillsdale College, played there. Um, I was actually a student coach there a year. And then I went into college coaching up at uh, Northwood University. I was the DB coach there for, I believe it was five years. And uh, then went to the University of Indianapolis for one year as the running backs coach. At that point, it was kind of a family decision. College looked like it was going to be one where I was kind of bouncing around a lot and uh, just wasn't liking what I was seeing out there. So I uh, made the commitment to look into the high school coaching. And that is what brought me to Lakewood and you. Uh, I was the head coach there for uh, four years. And then I actually got out of coaching for a couple of years. I coached my son's youth league. That kind of got me going a little bit. Um, he was very young at that time. And then uh, Basically just contacted the head coach at New Albany, which was Pat Samanich at that time. We've had a couple of head coaches since then, and we really hit it off, um, really uh, vibed with uh, what the program stood for. And so, uh, I, gosh, I want to say it's probably my 10th or 11th year now at New yeah. Albany. It's just been a, it's been a great place. I'm around great people, great kids. It's a it's a program. We've had a lot of success and I live in the community as well. So, and my, my son went through the, the football program. So it's been one of those, uh, you know, kind of family things. It's just been great. And so just, uh, just enjoying it. Trying to get better wanna, each year. Do you want to talk about y'all's program a little bit? Cause obviously I've had coach Finn on here and he did a whole thing on the culture there, but mm-hmm. I think the culture there is very interesting. Cause obviously you guys don't have the best talent in the OCC. I mean, there are, I mean, there's all tangies and all <laughs> stuff, but 
you mm-hmm. probably are one of the best coached teams and your culture. I mean, I, I think I think the, the best thing I heard was Coach Finn talk about it uh, when we met at the state clinic was effort over talent. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, do you want to kind of talk about what you guys have been able to do with the personnel you have, the high academic standards? I mean, because, like, I mean, we've had that conversation. I've had a conversation with him is the academic standards there are next level. Like it is – like you go there for academics, athletics yeah, is smart kids. always. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we just, first of all, from a philosophical standpoint, believe culture, you know, beats scheme any day. Um, you know, we're fairly simple in what we do. Um, I, I think the big thing we do is we really commit to doing things faster than anyone we play. And it's kind of, it's kind of like our philosophy in everything we do where we, our kids run in the weight room. When we are stretch lines, they sprint when they're done with their stretches. And it is just kind of one of those culture-wide things where, you know, we when we break the huddle, our guys sprint to the line of scrimmage. You know, we time that. That's something we teach. Uh, running to the football defensively is pretty much what we stand for. We, we don't do a ton of crazy stuff. But so it really, um, you know, from a culture standpoint and the football end of it, it really is about we're going to do things faster than you're used to somebody doing it, even though it might not be that complex. You know, you, you can prep for our trap, for example, but no one runs it as fast. And you're not going to prep through the week running it as fast as we do. We're going to get to the line of scrimmage faster. So you're going to have a hard time making your adjustments. Um, and defensively, we're going to run to the football probably as good or better than anybody you're going to see all year. And so I think from the football end of it, it really fits, you know, from off the field. Um, you know, I think our guys, have, even when I came in, we, we have what we call our finish program. Um, it, it really is just character education and we really commit to it. Um, it, it it's got a structure, you know, finish is an acronym that we use. And so it really has kind of a structure to it. And it's one of those where I've been in programs where you, you know, you teach those things, but I don't know that I've ever been one where it's so organized and it's so committed, you know, we're so committed to it every week. We, we, we have a finished talk, you know, our kids take notes, um, you know, and so we, we really commit to those things. It's like, we don't do a lot, but what we do, um, we're highly committed to it. And I think that's kind of been the cornerstone. And then along with some really good coaches and we do have great kids. We, we have talented kids, you know, it, it, they're not as big as a lot of the schools we face, but we do always have, you know, definitely a handful of kids that are super talented and game breaker type players uh, that can really, uh, you know, break big plays for us. But we just don't have those big, you know, tall guys that, that some of the schools we play against have. So, you know, yeah. it's, so it, it, it works for us, you know, and there, there's some games where, you know, it's, we're a little outmatched and, you know, it's just, just like any program, you know, it's not, it's not yep. perfect. <laughs> yeah. We, we both know that's like coach. We both. We oh both, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Um, yeah, there's different levels to that, you know? Yeah, yes, yeah, there, yeah. yes, there is. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Um, I mean, kind of going to that defensive perspective and I, and I think that's kind of the irony. We talked a little bit about this on the phone is, I mean, you are a even front, I mean, probably, I mean, four, three is probably the accurate thing at heart. At least that's what you came. I remember coming to Lakewood. I remember Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I remember the goal line defense and the bear stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember, like I said, I, I still, I still retain some of the terminology that you taught me. Um, but you go from that to New Albany, where for a lot of the past decade, it's been a three, three, yeah. we're going to come at you. We're going to move as, as fast as humanly possible. What was that transition like for you? Because I know you've kind of fallen in love with the three, 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 four 
type thing as you've kind of gone, at least for high school. What was that transition like for you moving from one style of defense to another? Yeah, um, it was definitely an adjustment. Uh, when I got to Albany, we were a true old school odd stack, three, five. We pretty much just played cover three the whole game. Um, that was unusual for me. What was crazy for me is how little they actually did. It's like literally their, their coaches, when you make a call, you know, it was like, this, this is what we do. And I wasn't used to that. You know, I came from the college level. So I kind of came to where, you know, to our program from a totally different angle than, than a lot of our guys. So that was an adjustment, but, uh, you know, I, I saw the, you know, kind of the beauty of it in light of what we just talked about earlier, the fact that, Hey, this is what we really stand for. And to do those things, we, we have to be fairly simple in, in our schemes. And then I think as we evolved and we kept going up in levels, you know, from division three, division two, and now we're a division one team, um, we've definitely had to evolve what we do. Um, and so I think it was probably four or five years ago um, or more, it might've been six or seven years ago now that we, uh, we went from an odd stack defense to where we brought one of the, one of our, uh, we called them Eagle safeties. We're basically just outside linebackers. We brought one of them back did a two high look. And now we play basically a cover four kind of quarters type adaptive coverage. Um, so I think that's been good from the sense that we can kind of throw a little bit more at you. We cover routes a little closer. I think the game has evolved where now, if you just sit in a cover three, um, you know, there's gonna be a lot of open guys, the teams yeah. we play are good enough to, to beat that where I think the philosophy was before I got there was what it's high school football, we're gonna keep things in front of us, let them complete some balls. And uh, in, there's, like I said, there's a lot of, uh, there's a, you know, it's a very valid philosophy, but we just felt like we needed to be a little more, you know, evolve a little bit more. So it's been great that the coaches have kind of let me as a, as, as a DB coach, I, I didn't start as a DB coach, I did freshman I actually did D line for a year at New Albany. And then I helped on the, you know, I, I had a, um, two of us did the secondary. And then after that, when, when that guy left, I kind of had the secondary myself and um, our coaches were always very open about letting me kind of do some of the stuff we did uh, with you with, with when I was at Lakewood. And then we did it that we did basically I learned in college. Um, so it was kind of nice how the, they allowed me to evolve our coverage scheme to where I was a little more comfortable, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was an adjustment at first. It was just like, man, I can't believe you guys are so good. And you, you don't yeah. do much. You're so, there's so few calls and it's just so simple. So yeah. I, I, that was a great learning tool for me for the high school level is that, you know, you don't always have to do as much as you do at the college level. And sometimes just simple is better to be honest. So your kids yeah. can just play fast and, and not think. And so I think we've tried to find, you know, evolve that scheme to where we're doing enough, but, it's still a fairly simple scheme there. Kids can just fly around and get to the ball. Now, continue with that, because obviously, I mean, I mean, really, you pretty much have, in my opinion, about three coverage thoughts at this point is there's still the diehard cover three people. Mm -hmm. there's, you're running probably quarters or press quarters. Yep. And then there's the two read people. I mean, those are pretty much, I mean, obviously, there's the man group too, but man's yep. man. Like, I think to me, those are the main three schools of thought right now. Obviously, from transitioning from a cover three to a, more of a quarters match scheme, mm -hmm. how much did that cause y'all as a defensive staff to adjust? I mean, obviously, the pursuit part doesn't change, but the the yeah. drill work and the teaching of, I mean, while keeping it simple, because obviously keeping it simple is your first priority, but how mm -hmm. did that evolve how you taught your coverages to your linebackers and your DBs? Well, I'll be honest, um, it really didn't change our front a lot. At first, we kind of kept our front intact is what we did. 
Um, and so it was a matter of our, our DBs kind of adjusting how, how we did. We, we really wanted to kind of keep things as, as consistent as we could for parts of our defense. Um, and it was something I was pretty comfortable with. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge deal for me. It was, for me, it was trying to figure out how does this best fit with an odd stack front, which I was not used to. I, you know, like you said, I was, I was more of a background with the quarters coverage was a four, three front. And it was just very different. And, and what we basically did is we kept our three, three stack. And we, we, then we just had a, what we call bandit safety who just, who went to our strength. And then on the backside, we kind of used our backside safety as kind of a come down a little bit, you know, we, we kind of cat and mouse that a little bit. And now we've kind of even evolved where our will does walk out. Now we don't always stay, we, we don't always stay in a three, three look, but at first that was like very, uh, very important to us. Cause that was where kids were used to our linebacker coach does an incredible job of, of teaching that scheme. Yeah. And so it's just been one of those where we've been very slow to adjust, but we, we have kind of a, made some adjustments there, but, uh, you know, it was, it, it was an adjustment. I'll, I'll be honest because your kids get used to something. It's all they did at the youth level. It's all they did at middle school. You know, we're a very consistent, you know, program and all they were used to is cover three. So the idea of turning and getting on a hip, you know, for example, <laughs> was new to them. It just wasn't, they were used to zoning things off. And what's funny is now we're the complete opposite. Now, when we try to play cover three, our kids jump on a hip and, and guys, you know, it's like, so they're, they're so well-trained, you know, the other way now that it's very hard for us to even, um, we're going to do a little cover three this year, but it, it's a tricky thing. Cause now they're used to jumping on hips yeah. and covering routes and sorting routes out. Um, they're not used to playing more of a zone concept where you zone things off and stay in the middle and break on the throw. So, you know, it's a, uh, but it was an adjustment. Yeah. And it took us a couple of years and it took me a couple of years to, to get my rules down for the secondary where it really did fit with, with what we do. It was not a, you know, overnight thing. There were, there were some, there were some plays. I look back at our old film that we gave up that we wouldn't give up now. And yeah. I say, Oh man, I, you know, I just, I, I didn't teach that exactly right for what was happening in front of us. So, you know, for me as a DB coach, you always got to make sure what you do, it fits with what we do. So I always kind of let those guys up front do their thing. And I just need to know what they're doing. And then I make sure our, uh, our support from the secondary and our coverage schemes complement that. And we kind of stay kind of separate, to be honest. They, they kind of do their thing up front and I do my thing in the back and it, it's worked out pretty well for us. We, we don't, and we don't make a lot of calls that require, you know, us to fill in, you know, a vacant zone and things like that. We, we don't do a lot of that stuff where we can just kind of run our coverage and keep it pretty consistent. It's an adaptive coverage. I mean, there's a lot to yeah. it, but um you know, we, we don't do a lot, like a lot of zone type pressures where we got to replace this, this blitzing linebacker. We, we stay in pretty much our quarters, most of the game, to be honest with you. Now, you mentioned evaluating kind of going back. How is, uh, now this is twofold here. How much is of that is, do you, how much do you evaluate year to year on how you could have done something better? And at the same time, what does that process look like year for you, for you? Cause I, I remember, cause I, I, I know, I, I know you from a, a four year period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Being around you, being around how you did things. Um, Coach Finn tells me you've mellowed out. I don't believe it. That's <laughs> true. Um, true. I, I just don't. <laughs> uh, but how is, how, how has your evaluation process changed and evolved? And what does that kind of look like from year to year? Um, I, I think it's just a lot of film study, um, you know, and then you're kind of making mental notes through the year. Cause I think, 
one of the things like once you get into a year and you really set your your habits, you set your your terminology, you set your language. Um, it's kind of hard in midstream to make major adjustments. And sometimes you might see something that maybe could help us in the future, but you're like, it's not the time. It would just be too much of a, you know, it would just kind of blow everybody's gaskets if we did this major change. So you start, you start looking at it in the, uh, in the off season. Um, like things we do is we'll put a cut up films together of all the plays, all the running and passing plays of over 10 yards. Um, you know, think like all the big plays against us and you kind of start to see themes, you start to see, uh, a, a, you know, things like that, that are kind of consistent themes, like, wow, this is really hurting us, this scheme's hurting us, what, what can we do to, to fix it? And, you know, it's just a, it's, it's constant tweaking. Um, and then it's looking at your personnel. I, I think at the high school level, um, adapting to your personnel is probably, um, probably the most important thing when you talk about making adjustments like this from season to season. Um, you know, it's different than college. College, you can recruit the kind of players you want. You can force your scheme on a, on a program where in high school, um, you got to have something, you got to have a, a system, but you do have to be adaptive from year to year. And so, uh, you know, that's from my standpoint, that's what the kind of things I look at. Do we want to play more some like press man? Like, do we want one of our adjustments is base our corners man up. Okay. If the, if the one receiver is really separated. Like well, an so, Arduzzi quarters look. Yeah, so we, we call it Gilligan. Our, our safety is going to stay inside, and uh, that one has really removed himself from the formation. Um, we would call it Gilligan, which tells our corner that he has him man-to-man, unless, unless a quick cross, we would pass that. Um, that's something I would adapt from year to year. Some years we played more press because we had some really good press corners. Other years we played kind of an off concept with that and zone turned it. And that's kind of what we've gone to more. But that's just dependent on your, uh, your the type of personnel you have. If you don't have corners that can really run with people, you're better off getting them back and giving up some stuff underneath and trying to trying to prevent big plays. So we've been fortunate. We've had some. We were really talented secondary last year. We were talented. We were pretty experienced. So uh, you know we've been fortunate lately. But uh, we'll have some new guys next year. So it'll be it'll be a kind of a fun, exciting year where we have a lot of new guys into that'll have to kind of learn the ropes and we'll have to make some adjustments for sure. Now, I mean. How one word this? You, I mean, ha, I mean, actually, I'll ask you this since you you brought press, and I'm always curious. How do you? Because I was never, I obviously was never one of your DBs. Uh, <laughs> always a lineman at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you? How how do you go about teaching press the high school kids? I mean, what is your process and mythology um, from there? Well, we, we do it a lot. We, we do a lot of one-on-ones with our receivers. Um, we kind of call it our laboratory where we kind of work on our, work on our skills. Um, my basic philosophy is you know, we're going to take the inside away first. Okay. It's pretty, pretty basic stuff. Yeah. Um, we're going to stay square. Okay. At the snap of the ball, we're going to get ourselves moving back. All right. And at that point we are, uh, we're going to use an offhand jam depending on what where that receiver wants to go we're gonna we're gonna fight him if he wants to go inside we should get our hands on him we want to really reroute him if he's trying to get inside on us quick and then turn and get on that hip otherwise we want to use our inside hand and if he's going to release outside which we're trying to force with our alignment okay and and we just offset a little bit we we put our nose um you know just on, on your shoulder kind of in the armpit nose in the armpit it's not anything outrageous um, we don't really teach a lot tilting, you know, and taking away that, um, you know, we want to stay square as long as we can let him declare what side he wants to do. And then we're going to use an offhand jam. And then, then it becomes our cover four. 
you know, when, when we're in a press man situation, we're, we always work on transitioning from a back pedal to a turn and run, getting on a hip. And then it's just about reading his clues from there. Um, you know, reading, reading his stem, reading his hips, um, and, and, and doing what we do. So it's all about the start. Like I always tell our guys, you, you, we don't want to be greedy. We don't want to lunge at them. We want to get our body moving back with them. So our momentum is going with them. And then we just work on uh, getting on the hip and then it becomes what we do. Cause that's basically what we do from our cover four. We let the route sort itself out and then we turn and get on a hip and run with people. Um, so press man becomes kind of the same thing. You're just doing it in a, in a condensed area. You don't have as much space. And then we teach them if they do cross you. So if you have yourself turn, if they get me to turn my shoulders, we work a lot of speed turns. We, we speed turn, we turn away from them and get back on the hip. We, we rep that a lot. And that's a technique our guys use a lot. If that makes sense to you, oh, it does. it's when he's kind of breaking back against your leverage. Yeah. Um, we speed turn it like a baseball turn. And then we just work on always, you're always getting to the near hip. That, that's, that's like our basic philosophy of coverage is you're always working to the near hip. And you don't even think about looking for the ball until you can touch that near hip. That that's kind of our rule that we, uh, that we always use. Perfect. Now, kind of, you mentioned kind of practice and one-on-ones in your laboratory there. What does mm -hmm. a typical DB practice look like at new Albany? I mean, obviously you're separate most of the time, but what is that mm -hmm. for you? What, how, what is your mythology for DB portion of practice? Well, um, it, it starts with just our kind of our everyday drills. Um, we, we do, uh, we, we have a kind of a circuit. I kind of changed it this year where uh, they kind of run their own drill. You know, the, the next guy in line holds the ball and he kind of does the, and, and they just kind of go and I can kind of oversee. We have four lines going at, at a given time, but it's a lot of backpedal. It's a lot of backpedal break. Uh, then we're going to backpedal and then we're going to turn and run. That's a, that transition from a pedal to your, your turn and run when, when somebody's really pushing you vertical. Uh, we work that a lot. Then we do work on that speed turn every day where somebody's breaking off our leverage and we got to speed turn and get back in phase. Um, we might do some, uh, you know, some ball drills where you're, you're, you're punching the ball out as it's arriving. And then we might do just some form tackling. We do all that out of those, the, the lines that we get in and the kids just kind of transition. I just tell them what we're doing. They do it for a couple reps and they just transition themselves. And I'm just kind of hands off watching and, uh, and coaching them up, you know, in our base philosophy, when we get to the season, like I always tell our guys, my focus is going to be on two body parts. Okay. Your eyes and your feet. So most of the drills we do in practice in our individual type stuff are footwork type drills. Okay. So I gotta tell you, if you're going to, if you get beat physically, it's probably poor footwork. Your footwork was bad. So you took a false step. You, you did something that allowed that guy to, uh, you know, unless he's just blatantly faster than you and then you know, there's not much we can do about it, but it's probably an error in footwork. And then once we get into anything team and group, my main focus is on your eyes. What are you looking at? Are you looking at your keys? You have to be incredibly disciplined. We normally read receivers. That's kind of our, our philosophy. Yeah. You know, we, we, our, our front is now very aggressive. We've kind of adapted that where we really compress with our front seven. You know, we compress running lanes, we squeeze. And for, for that to fit with us, we have to be reading receivers. So anytime I would tell our guys, if you're peeking at the ball, when the ball snap, you're probably wrong. There's a couple formations where maybe our Rover safety, who's our backside will just read the ball and read the quarterback, but that's kind of a rare thing. You should be, your eyes should be on a receiver. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at that point, I like to stay on the other side, the offensive side and just watch the kid's eyes, especially early on. And I always tell them, if I can't trust your eyes, I can't trust you. You're not going to play for us. 
and uh you know we've been we've been pretty good you know we don't uh we don't give up a lot of easy plays we had a couple of them last year because we had a kid who had been out and he was kind of getting back in the swing of things and as he wanted to hit people and his his eyes were wandering so uh he gave up a, a you know i think a couple um, which was very unlike him, you know, the year before he had started on it. So um, I think that that's my big focus. Like I tell the guys, what, what you are is what you are. I'm not going to make you faster. I'm not going to make you stronger in the middle of the season, but we're going to work footwork and we're definitely going to work your eye discipline and what are your eyes looking at? And it has to be every single play and, and guys kind of learn that, that normally I always tell them when, they, when a guy's open, if there's a guy open, it was either a breakdown in a DB's footwork or a DB's eyes were wandering somewhere that they shouldn't have. And that's what allowed somebody to run wide open down the field. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, knock on wood, we haven't given up. Well, it doesn't mean we don't give up big plays, but normally it's a physical, the, the receiver just, just beat us. You know, yeah. we, we play really good players, really good quarterbacks, really good receivers. And so it, it wasn't like a breakdown that, hey, this guy was peeking or his footwork was terrible. Just sometimes guys make plays. And so that's what we always want. We always want to make it a make it a dogfight to uh, to catch balls on us, but it will happen. Now, now with those, I mean, obviously you're a Division One school and you have a lot of kids, um, but with those group periods, how much of that is half field at? I mean, because obviously you're only one DB coach. How much is that? Is a half the field going at once, or or do you have somebody else watching the other side while you're watching one side? How do you separate that for practice? Um, yeah, we will do that occasionally. I'll have some guys that help me out and, and we'll go kind of left and right. Um, you know, that, that's a good question. It kind of varies. There, there's times I'll just have, I'll have somebody say, hey, you check the right side out. I'll check the left side out. Normally I'm just scanning. I kind of know, you know, the guys that I want to keep an eye on. Um, Cause after a while, sometimes you, you, you definitely build some trust um, with certain guys. So there's certain guys I want, I just want to see, I want to see how they react. Um, but yeah, when, when I do have someone out there, which isn't always the case, sometimes I'm kind of out there all by myself. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of say, hey, you take the right side, I'll take the left. Because the way our coverage works, it really is a, it, it's a separated coverage. The safety to his side makes the call. They, they have a series of calls. We have about probably four or five calls that we can make. That it's kind of like we call it our toolbox. The safety has the toolbox. The safety makes the tech. He calls the technique. This is just in our, when we call four, it's just our base coverage. And actually we don't even call anything. We just, we just if we don't call it coverage, we're in cover four. Mm -hmm. um, they, they make those calls separately. So it actually works good to have a, a left and a right. And especially early in the year. Um, I know last year we were, we were doing that a lot when I had a, I had a guy that was with us a lot uh, early on. So uh, that, that works good. Yes. I'm writing that down. That's, that's yeah. Just because, I mean, I mean, we're looking at a lot more cores this year ourselves. Mm -hmm. And kind of, I mean, there's 18,000 things you can do with it, obviously. Absolutely. But you, you need to condense it down to, okay, what are the three or four things, one, our kids can do, two, yep. that fit what we want to do. And like mm -hmm. kind of your point, that's what we're kind of toying with. Okay. You mentioned a couple of years to kind of figure out your exact calls and verbiage and all that. And we're kind of messing yeah. with that same process there. Um, how, I mean, how much of that really, how much, let me rephrase this. How much is that adjusted week to week for you guys on what calls versus what sets? Cause obviously a lot of that's versus what sets or yeah. maybe it's, it's scheme related that week. How much mm -hmm. of that, does that truly vary on how much, and I don't need to know your exact calls, but yeah. how much does that truly adjust week to week on what calls you make versus what things well yeah so so here's the deal our base um our 
our toolbox wouldn't change from week to, but how we, what we're going to call against certain formations will change. Um, we definitely do a lot of adjustments from week to week, depending on what the other team's trying to do. Um, for example, we might switch from week to week on how we're handle crossers. Um, Cause that's one thing that in the, in our base cover four, the way I teach it from day one, our rule is if you, if your guy that, so the route sorts itself out or you're, you're, you know, you're fearing a Gilligan technique of the corner. Um, if, if your receiver crosses across the formation, the, our basic rule was if he goes underneath the linebackers, you know, your nearest linebacker, if he goes underneath him, you're going to pass him, you're going to zone off and we call it look for work. You're going to get depth, look for work, look for, look for somebody else to help a buddy out is basically what we're saying. Um, then this year that was starting to give us some problems. So we went to more of a five-yard rule. So if, if he cuts his route across under five yards or less, we're going to pass him then. Then we actually had some weeks where we chased crossers. Because what was happening was with what we did this year, um, you know, we were in a 3-4 defense basically. And we were pressuring with two guys pretty much every play. So we didn't have a lot of under coverage. And so what was happening was teams were uh, getting their one of their best athletes across the formation pretty quickly. We were passing it. And here now you have their best athlete on your will linebacker or your bandit linebacker. And it was kind of a physical mismatch. And we were putting him into incredible amounts of space trying to cover him. So that was an adjustment we had to make to say, hey, we're chasing. We're going to chase. We might we might be behind you, but at least we're, we're going to get over there to where if that guy catches it, there's two guys uh, in that vicinity who can make a play instead of putting one of your linebackers on an incredibly big island with, with a phenomenal athlete. So, the, you know, that's just an example, but we, we make a lot of a joke. Like trips is one that we change a lot. We, we have several ways we, uh, we cover trips. That's kind of the rule breaker for us because both of our safeties cross over. Um, we have, yeah, we, we probably have three or four ways that we cover trips. Now we wouldn't do all those in one week. You know, it, we would have one or two that we would use in a given week, but we have several that we've used over the years in our toolbox. And uh, so that's one that we would adjust from week to week. Those are kind of the things I look for. What are we doing with crossers? How are we going to play Gilligan? We talked about that earlier. So that's when our, the, the formation has a, a, a number one receiver. The furthest receiver outside is, is really removed. And we call it Gilligan technique. How are we going to play that? Is this a week where we want to get up and press them, take the inside away? Is this a week we want to stay off and play a, more of a zone turn, and, but still chase the crosser? And that's kind of what we went to more this year. Okay. Is we, uh, we, we did, we, we wanted our corners to zone turn whenever possible. Their vision was better. They could see things. And with all the pressure we were bringing, it just, it helped to have more eyes turned towards the, the inside of the field. Okay. Um, but those are, those are just, like the ones I can think of off my top of my head that we do make adjustments uh, from week to week on how we're going to handle. It. And then motion motions, motions, a tricky one when you're a, uh, you know, yeah. too high defense quarters. Um, you know, how are we, when they motion to trips, what are we going to do? Um, you know, we, we do make some adjustments from week to week on that. And the key to that though, honestly, is you got to have experienced safeties. And we had uh, two returning starters. We actually had three returning starters and the, one of our returning starters ended up being our quarterback. He didn't play a lot of DB. So we had a returning starter at cornerback who switched over to safety, which was a really good uh, deal for us. Um, and so we had really veteran safeties that were used to talking and communicating. They understood our coverages. And, you know, going back to what you said earlier, I, I really have mellowed out with my, my coaching philosophy. My philosophy now is teach the kids how to think, you know, give them the tools 
and let them figure it out. You know, I got to tell them if I'm still coaching you as a senior, we, something's wrong. You know, we, we should be more partners because you understand what you're doing. You know what your toolbox is. And then we just kind of talk over what, what we're seeing and making sure. Uh, and like I tell you guys, if, as long as they're on the same page with the corner, even if you're not in exactly the technique I might have wanted you to, it's OK. You know, it's fine. You, you think through it. You, you, you get through the thought process and make sure everybody's on the same page and we'll figure it out. And if I want to make adjustments then in between series, I'll talk to them and say, hey, let's start doing this. Yeah. when we see trips or when we see motion and things like that but yeah we we do adapt a lot from week to week because here's the deal we don't we don't have a lot of calls so like our coverage is adaptive um we don't we don't call a lot of hey we're going to switch to cover three here we're going to play you know it we just basically run our system which which will look like five different coverages you know at times it, if on the formation, we might look like a cover two to a side. We're basically playing like a cover two. There's times we're just in a straight man to a side. Um, sometimes we're in more of a read, you know, like a like a, a read technique, we call it. Yeah. Where we're we're not chasing anything. We're we're passing routes off and then jumping on a hip. And then we even have one, it's a true cover four. It's just we call it cloud, where we we stay in our quarters and it's a zone defense and we keep things in front of us. Um, all of those are within our, our coverage with which without a call, you know, that all that is just techniques we do um, that we would adapt from week to week. So if we're, for example, if we're playing a team that we don't think is very skilled, we might say, Hey, cloud, we're going to cloud trips. We're going to keep our safeties back. We're going to stay back. We're going to keep things in front of us. We'll have a little under coverage. And, you know, if, if, if they can't complete the balls in front of us, we're just going to, we're not going to give you anything easy. Yeah. But when we're playing a skilled team. We're going to be a little more aggressive and, get up there and really jump on your routes and try to sort things out and take away stuff. So um, yeah, there's a lot of adjustment from week to week and, and you got to have the kids that can do that. If your kids can't do that, then you got to be smart yeah. with that. And it, a lot of it, it really comes down to, do they really understand what you're doing? Yeah. You know, I, I've always said, keep, you, I got You got to coach to understand. You can't coach to memorize. They have to really understand your, the tools you're giving them, understand why they would call what they call. And that does take a few years for a lot of kids, you know, a lot of times in, until they're like a junior, especially safeties, I, it's hard for me to trust them because I know they don't really get it yet. They get it at a very basic level. Mm -hmm. And then once they do, you, you kind of step back and say, Hey, you guys, you guys figure it out, make your calls and do your communication and get this done. So works now, pretty good. Now continuing with that teaching part is, how, I mean, obviously your clientele is a little different than, than most. It's, oh, you know, yeah, I, the extremely yeah. high academics and the really smart kids. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, how, how does that affect your teaching philosophy in terms of what's in the classroom, what's on the field? Obviously it helps when you have experience because they can help teach the younger kids as you kind of pointed because y'all, again, mm -hmm. y'all's changes from year to year are minor. They're not major. Yeah. That, that's, that's a, that's a great tweaks. benefit to have. But how does that adjust y'all's teaching philosophy as a staff on how much is in the classroom, how much is filmed, how much is on field? Do you mean like uh, when you say classroom, like our teaching, like on a chalkboard and, and chalkboard? Yeah, to be honest, we don't do a lot of that. You yeah. know, I, that's I honestly, I'd probably do it a little more if if it was if I had my druthers. But we are more of a field team. Yeah. Um, we believe in just getting going. Now we have a we were probably a little more extreme with that when I first got here, but our schemes were a lot more simple where it was just like, we go, go, go. And everybody's expected. We just, we just get going for what we're doing and we don't want to kids standing around teaching and things like that. So we do more walkthroughs now 
and uh, teaching, but it's mostly on the field. We, we don't do a lot of uh, chalkboard type work, uh, maybe a little bit in camp at times. I'll pull the DBs aside, but we don't even work in a lot of uh, time. It, it's it's stuff on the field. It's, it's okay. you know, different groups working together, linebackers with the front, kind of getting through their, you know, other movements and blitzes and things like that. Then it's the, you know, the linebackers getting back with us and, you know, making sure we're on the same page. So it's a lot of group stuff. And, uh, but it's more, uh, it, it's more, we want to get it on the field and, yeah. and rep things as much as we can. So a lot of the teaching would be done in individual and in a little bit in group, a little bit early in group where there'll be some slower times where we do some walkthroughs and teaching. And so that by the time we're doing team, you know, it's, it, it's full go. We want, we want to be moving, you know, we, we, that mentality, we want that to be just who we are, that they don't ever have to, when it's in team you're gone, you know, and that's, yeah. you know, we rarely walk through to you a little bit early. We'll, we'll explain some things, but uh, mostly by the time we're all together, it's, it's, it's on the go, but yeah, we don't do a lot of not, there's not a lot of chalk talk in our program. I, maybe offense a little more, but defensively, we don't do a ton, a little bit here and there, but what do you need to learn? Do chalk talk for on offense? You run four plays. Like, <laughs> Like you hand the ball off. What is there to talk yeah, about? Yeah, but there's a lot of fronts that you see from those plays. So. <laughs> That's a uh, yeah, and when I said a little, I'd think a little bit more. It, it's it's not uh yeah, Coach Finn definitely isn't a we're not guys that get on the chalkboard and uh I, I didn't think so. We do it, we do it when we think it's necessary, but it's not we uh you know we overdo with our kids. We, okay. we want to get out there in the field and you know, like I said, our our whole philosophy is we're gonna do it faster than what you're even if it's wrong, if you do it fast. And you do it full speed, you know, we can work with that and we'll, we'll teach you up, we'll coach you on the run. But, uh, you know, that doesn't lend itself to a lot of, you know, elaborate chalk talks and, and things like that. So we, uh, we get out and we go. Okay. Now, now kind of one of the last things I want to bug you about, because you, you mentioned trips there. And, I, and again, I'm not asking for your trips adjustments, but how is your, I mean, trips, I mean, part of it is high school hashes kind of lean towards trips is more uh, probably affluent than college is because you just have so much space over there. Yeah, the other part, space. the other part of it is, it's just, there's a lot you can do with it. And there's a lot of evolution, especially with RPOs. Mm-hmm. How much has your thought process and attacking trips from a defensive pers- perspective changed over the, since leaving college? I, I would say a lot. Um, you know, I think there's been some new ideas that we, we weren't doing a lot when we were in college. Um, basically what we've tried to do, and we do different variations of this is we, we keep our read technique, but we, we have, we can do it what we call 12, which we, we read the one and the two with the corner and the, and the safety, or we can do, what we call it 23 where our corner then would Gilligan and then our, both our safeties would come over and we would uh, do a read technique on the two, three. So using kind of those, you know, those merging those techniques into that has been, uh, you know, I think, I think good for us because now we still, we're not changing our philosophy and going to more of a zone concept. Um, and so I, I think that's probably been more of an evolution where uh, I think, my early days, it was more, we were in a true zone defense or we were in a true man and we couldn't really do our kind of our, what we call our matchup, um, you know, quarters look, um, we've, we've kind of come up with some clever ways to merge those two where we're still, our kids are still doing what they're comfortable with, you know, whether it's twins 
and you're doing a read technique on the one and the two in a twin set or whether you're in the middle doing the on the two and the three in a trips it's the same thing you know it's the same exact teaching you're just you got to get yourself situated and uh, once you get aligned properly then it uh you, we can you know we're not teaching different techniques we you can do a lot of you know ways of doing it but you don't want kids doing a lot of different um fundamentals put it that way you know we just we line up differently you know from time to time so i think we've just been a little more creative uh as we've as we've gone forward and trying to keep it consistent with what our kids are used to doing We're, our kids are not used to playing zone um it's just they're not used to that concept of of zoning things off staying staying back they're they're used to okay the route sorts itself out i'm going to run and i'm going to chase this near hip and get on your hip uh, that's just what they're used to so we try to keep that in no matter what the formation is as much as we can and, and then the last real question I have for you is you've had a lot of experiences at, as a high school and college coach. Obviously, you coached college for a good bit. You, you were the head coach of a school that historically has struggled and has a very different clientele than um, your current school you coach at. That is plays a lot bigger style football in a bigger league, I should say that. Probably one of the best leagues in the state of Ohio, and um, it's extremely academic school kind of what have you, through all your different uh, things that you've experienced at various schools, at various levels, is there any lessons that you can kind of pass on, especially young coaches or like first-time head coaches um, from the, your time as an assistant and a head coach? Well, I, I think um, that's a good question. There, there's probably a lot of directions I could go with that. You know, I, I think at the high school level, it's what are you – I think it's very important. You kind of just establish what are you really going to stand for? What, what are you going to be great at? You know, and I kind of hit on it earlier. Like, like I said, what, what we stand for is we're going to do things faster than, than you've ever like, what, what is it? Is it, is it a certain scheme that what is the other team going to have to, to deal with, with you? You know, and if you don't, if you don't have something that's kind of your, your core, um, it, it's very easy to just, you, you get real hodgepodge and the kids don't really, you know, know what you stand for. Um, I, I think getting very clear on, hey, we are going to be great at this and the other team is going to have to deal with this. You know, even if it's just like a, like, it's not even a play. It's like I said, oh, we're just saying we're going to go fast. We're going to do everything faster. We're going to break the huddle faster. We're going to, we're going to run our plays faster. Um, we're going to run the ball faster than you're just, you're, you have to deal with the speed with which we play the game. It doesn't mean our kids are the fastest, you know, on the field. It just means we're going to run faster because that's what we do every second of every lifting session of every practice. Our kids run to the water stations. It's, it's almost, it's, it's crazy. And when I first got to New Albany, I thought, man, this, it, I, you know, I just like, who cares if they run to the water? Who cares? Who cares if they sprint after, you know, a stretch, a 10 yard kind of, you know, you're doing lunges and then all of a sudden you're going to sprint the next 10 before you, you, you come back. Um, it, it, but, you know, as I've been around it more and the kids really started buying into it, it just became part of our DNA and getting just kids. Um, it's just, they expect it. And so, I think that's what you got to figure out is, is what do we really, what do we really stand for? What do we want to be great at? What's the thing that, that we're going to always be able to hang our hat on? I really think you need that at the high school level. And then it's just a matter of, you know, making adjustments, making sure your schemes fit your, your talent. You know, it's, it's going to change from year to year at the high school level. I don't care what school you are, whether you're division one school or division five, division eight, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, you're, you're going to have to make adjustments from a 
from year to year based on your talent. So you're, you want your scheme to be, to have, you know, something solid. You want it to be, you know, have a system that you can fall back on, but you can't be so rigid to it. I, I see that sometimes I think with, with uh, young coaches, they can, they either go too far where they put too much in and they don't really have anything they stand for, or they're, they can be a little too rigid and they, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to adapt to what you're, you're doing. So you gotta find that sweet spot um, for sure. And then it's just, it's just your culture. It, it's what do you do on a daily basis? What, what do you, can you build a culture of hard work and love? I, I think that would be the best way I can put it. You know, if, if your if your kids really do love each other, they love the program, they're motivated more about love of each other than, you know, hatred of some opponent. You know, I, I think those days are over. You know, that's kind of like, um, that, that certainly doesn't work with today's kids. Um, it really has to be a true culture of love. And you have to make it where just working hard is the cool thing to do. And the kids just absolutely demand it. And they have, they, they, in a weird way, come to love it. And they, they love the, you know, the, the challenge of it. Easier said than done. You know, that, that takes time. But if you can really get that culture like that and have something that you, you're going to do great, no matter what, we are going to be great at this. We're going to be the best in, you know, state of Ohio, if you want to phrase it to your kids, um, you know, you at least have a chance and, you know, it does, it's no guarantee. There's no guarantees winning ever. You know, this is a really competitive state with uh, high school football. There's everybody works hard. There's nobody that doesn't, yeah. um, there's tremendous coaches. I, I I'm so amazed with, uh, you know, the coaches in central Ohio, all the, all the, all the schemes we face and stuff. It's, it's really fun. It really is no different than college, to be honest with you. It's, you know, the, the coaching is, is second to none. And so, you know, you're not going to outsmart everybody you, you got to do what you do better than they do what they do and so that's yeah. that's the challenge of it that's that's the that's the fun part well coach i, I do greatly appreciate you coming on again this, is, this has been one of my white whales for the past <laughs> i don't know year and a half um again uh coaches check out our sponsors affiliates all that lovely jazz like share subscribe the tags will be in below um but that, that was another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.